This morning we continue in our series that Pastor Danny has started. We are talking about being, growing, and enjoying what? Christ-likeness. Now, what is Christ-likeness? It means a full life of Christ. So we have the acrostic, Christ. And what does that spell out? Conquest over sin, hope and not despair, rejoicing and not defeated, inspiration, not discouragement, success, not wasted life, thankfulness, and not grumbling. Pastor Danny has shared with us the first two, conquest of sin, which is enjoying Christ's likeness itself, and hope, which we spoke about, which he spoke about last Sunday. The H or hope in Christ is what? Hope is not despair. Hope is not despair. Despair is the loss of hope. While in contrast, hope is that you're believing that something desired may still happen. Our hope is in Christ. Our despair translates to lostness. And our brother Adrian shared with us that for some of us, it has been and it continues to be a revelation because all this time we thought that it was the younger son alone who was lost. Not realizing that the older son who was with the father since the beginning was also lost because he was not really after his relationship with the father. He was also after the material blessing that come his way when his father passes away. The younger son was just more vocal and more adamant in his desire for the father's wealth. But did you notice that when the younger son asked for his share of the estate, it may have missed you, what did the father do? And the father divided his estate among them. It was the younger son who asked for his share, but because of the graciousness of the father, the father divided his estate between his two children. And when this younger son who came to his senses and repented of his sin, returned to the father in full confession of what he had done, the father threw a great feast. But the elder son didn't like what was going on. He didn't like that his father had forgiven him. Having Christ gives us hope because when we stumble and fall, God's forgiveness is always available. But we should never take for granted the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has offered and has paid for for our sins. Lest we fall into the syndrome of sin and confess. And then we will just sin and confess. Do you think that kind of life is enjoying your Christ-likeness? I don't think so. Yes, we have hope and that hope is in Christ. But we should not take that hope for granted. This morning, allow me to share with us the next letter, which is letter R. And what does that spell? Commission of Human Rights. 
are rejoicing. As we enjoy our Christ-likeness, we will continue to rejoice in spite of our circumstances and we will not live a defeated Christian life. Now, what is joy? Joy can be a bathroom tissue. <laughs> joy can be soap, dishwashing soap. There are so many kinds of joy. So what is joy? Well, joy, well, rejoice. In the Philippines, there is what? Rejoice shampoo. Is that what we're talking about? Answer? No. What is it that we're talking about? We have to define what joy is. So that when we encounter it, when we experience it, we know exactly what it is. What is joy? Webster. He defines joy as to experience great pleasure or delight. Rejoice is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Another word for it is delight. And the psalmist tells us, delight, enjoy, delight yourself in the Lord, and what is His promise? He will even give you the desires of your heart. God has already promised us that He will provide for all of our needs. And He is asking us to delight in Him. And He will even give us the desires of our heart. The Bible defines joy as blithesome or glee. Not the series. Exceedingly gladness, joy, joyfulness, mirth, Pleasure, rejoice, rejoicing, cheerfulness, calm, delight, gladness, greatly, be exceeding, joyful, joyfulness. Joy is not happiness. Because when we are happy, it is only because something has happened to us that has made us happy. Joy is a deep-seated feeling that no matter what you're going through, God is with you. Therefore, that alone gives you a reason to rejoice. Happen, happiness is based on happenings. Joy is based on your relationship with Christ. Can you manufacture joy? Today, when I wake up in the morning, when I get out of bed, I will be joyful. Why? Because it is my decision to be joyful. Well, yes and no. Because joy is what? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So, can you experience joy? Yes or no? If you have the Holy Spirit, the answer is yes. Because joy is the byproduct of your relationship with God. And when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to, to take residence in your life. And you can decide to surrender your day, to surrender your life to God, and let Him reproduce the fruit of joy in your life. So it's a combination 
Because unless you decide to submit your life to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you cannot experience all of these manifestations of the, the fruit of the Spirit. So you must be actively cooperating with the Holy Spirit that lives in every Christian so that you in turn will be able to experience joy. You cannot reproduce it. You cannot replicate it. You cannot fake it. You cannot act it out sustainably. Because joy is the fruit, the byproduct of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Joy, as I said, is not happiness. Look at what Psalm 30 verse 5 says. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is what? Is life weeping. May endure for a night. But what happens? Joy. Comes in the morning. There is weeping. Have you wept? Have you cried before the Lord even after having come to faith in Him? Yes. But joy comes in the morning. Rejoicing, but not being defeated. This is a picture of our sister Emily Husson. She's the wife of one of our leaders in CCF Canada. She just got out of the hospital because her cancer has returned. Yet she continues to serve the Lord despite her circumstance, despite the adversity that she's going through. And look at what the Bible says about joy. That pain that you have been feeling in Romans 8.18 that pain that you have been feeling can't compare to what? To the joy that is coming. Weeping may last for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. The pain that you're suffering right now is nothing compared to the joy that will be revealed. Now when she got out of the hospital, she sent me a message on Viber. And I would just like to translate it in English for all of us. Of course, you have an idea of how she texted this in Tagalog. She said, I'm home already. Thank you for all your prayers. I almost gave up because of the pain. But I claim and cling to the promises of God. If joy was just based on our circumstances, we wouldn't be joyful. Only happiness is based on circumstance. And once that circumstance is gone, once that circumstance changes, you lose it. But you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can experience joy. And you're not you need not live a defeated Christian life. Look at what the brother of our Lord says in James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. When? Whenever you face trials of many kinds. In other translations, it reads, count. Count it all what? 
joy. When? Did it say if? Does the Bible say if? No. The Bible tells us when. So don't be surprised that something, some strange thing is happening to you. Because perhaps we have a wrong concept as preached in many televangelists that once you receive Christ, everything will be hunky-dory. Everything will be nice. Everything will go smoothly. When in fact, what does the Bible tell us? We will encounter trials and tribulations. But the Lord Jesus Christ himself tells us, Take heart, for I have overcome. Our hope, our joy, our victory is not in who we are, but in who Christ is. Count it, consider it pure joy when you encounter one trial. Trials. What kind of trials? Many ka. Lupit naman ni God. It's not only one trial. It's several trials. It's not only one kind of trial. It's several kinds of trials. But what should we do? Consider. Count it all what? Pure joy. Why? Why? Because the verse goes on to say, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may what? Be perfect and complete, lacking in what? Nothing. Why does God allow the trial? Because God wants to mold us. God wants to shape us. God wants to reconfigure us so that we will all become more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Are you enjoying your Christ-likeness? Are you enjoying how God is tweaking you or perhaps chiseling away at those rough edges so that you become a Michelangelo or a Pieta? God is going to do whatever it takes so that you and I will be conformed to the image of His Son. But what do we do? We want to break free. This is not what I thought Christianity was all about. I thought Christianity was praying a prayer and going to heaven. That was it. So here at CCF, we preach everything that you need to know. We don't only teach the Bible. We teach you to obey. This is where evangelism and intentional discipleship comes in. Intro pa lang yan. This is just an introduction to what joy is so that we really understand 
what joy and rejoicing is all about because if we do not understand the very definition and meaning of joy, then we will miss the mark. We will not understand. And we will continue to live as though we are defeated. When in fact, because of the victory of Jesus Christ over the cross and the grave, we have hope. We have joy. Through the Holy Spirit of God living in us. Therefore, our main text this morning, if you would please rise to your feet. Let us read from Philippians chapter 2. Akala nyo, naglulukok ako, intro lang yun. Philippians chapter 2, just a few short verses. Let's read beginning with verse 1. Therefore, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you this morning, confessing my total inadequacy and inability to preach your word apart from the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that as you have continued to speak to me, Lord, that you will continue to speak to me through me to your people this morning. Allow us to see and learn and apply the lessons that we can see from this situation in the book of Philippians. That we may really understand what it means to have a joyful, Christ-like life. Commit to you this time, Lord God, from beginning to end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Look at what Paul is saying. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation in love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, he's asking us. He's asking the people there in the, book of, in, in the city of Philippi. He's saying, if you're with me in all that I have been doing thus far, then make my joy complete. Make my joy complete. How? Being of the same mind. Being the same mind, being the same attitude of Christ, which is what have we have been learning? To simplify it, to distill it. How many? Just two, right? What? Selfless sacrifice and what? Humility. Be the same mind. If all of us have the same mind that we're going to do whatever it takes to be humble, and to sacrifice selflessly as, as empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have one mind. We have one goal. Secondly, he asks us, maintaining the same love. What kind of love is God talking about? Agape, which is unconditional love. Unconditional love directed towards us that we should also direct towards other people who yet do not know Christ, but also the same unconditional love that we should direct to our brothers and sisters within the family of God. Third, he tells us we must be united in spirit. Are you doing things based on your own power? 
Or are you doing things based on the empowerment given to you by the Holy Spirit? Are you in God's agenda? Or are you on your own personal agenda? Think about this. During their time, when you plow, you have two oxen. There is a yoke. Both the oxen has to go in the same direction. So that you plow properly. What if one of them wants to go left, the other one wants to go right? You have a singer sewing machine. Zigzag. You have to go in the same direction. That's why singles, what is God's command to us? Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Why? God is so killjoy. This guy is so handsome. This girl is so pretty. So what if he's not a believer? God gave us that command so that we can enjoy our married life. Not to restrict us, but so we can enjoy going the same direction. He says, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind. Be of the same love. Be united in spirit. And be what? Intent on one purpose. What is the purpose of the whole Christ Commission Fellowship internationally? Only two things. Evangelism and discipleship. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, One thing I do, I press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, can we do many things? Answer, can we do many things? But if we only do one thing, can we be really good at that one thing? What is that one thing? Evangelism coupled with discipleship. We must be united. As the church in Manila and the church here in Los Angeles continues to grow, uh, we, we cannot avoid that people will come and say, why don't we do this? And more people will come and they say, why don't we also do this? Yet, and more people will come and say, why don't we do this also? And then another, and this one too. What happens to the one singular purpose of being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the same spirit, intent on one purpose? Bringing the gospel to the lost world and those who come to faith in Christ, we disciple into Christ-likeness. It simplifies everything. Pastor, can we go up north to Bataan? Why? Let's bring the choir. Why? So that we can sing. Why? So we have, you know, outreach. Why? Because if there's nothing involved with evangelism and discipleship, my friend, let's not do it. Let's not do it. Anything and everything that we do, if we haven't heard it yet, I'm going to say it again must be engaged and involved in disciples in evangelism and intentional discipleship because if we're not going to be intentional as pastor Danny had encouraged us it's not going to happen why don't you read your bible i have no time why don't you do this i have no time when will you have time i have no time <laughs> if it's just going to be that rational you're never going to have time because guess what you have 
to make time. And look, if we just got, if you really want to make God smile, this is Paul writing, right? But if you and I really want to make God smile, we must be united. We must have the same mind. We must have the same love. We must have the same spirit. We must be intent on one purpose. Why? Because look, Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers, what? Live together in one mind, one heart, one spirit, one purpose. What is my purpose? To live out this life so that people can see Christ in me. So that through the life that Jesus Christ lives in in me, I might be able to bring others to his kingdom. That is my purpose. That is your purpose. Will you and I be quarreling about what this ministry or that ministry to do? No. Because all of us will be on the same page. All of us will be going the same route. All of us will be traveling down the same road. And we are partners with each other. It's not my agenda. It's God's agenda. Paul tells us, if there is anything that you have found in your relationship with Christ, make Paul's joy complete, but also take note that we're making God smile when we do this one purpose, that we are united. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ prayed before he went back to heaven. Before he went to the cross, he said what? Father, my prayer for these, referring to his disciples, is that what? They may be one. Not just one, but one united in purpose. And if you see and if you know that as you're going about the purpose that God has given you, it's producing fruit. It's paying off dividends. Wouldn't you enjoy what you're doing? And wouldn't you want others to enjoy the same thing, the same feeling that you have? It's not happiness. It's joy. But guess what? Even as God wants us to experience joy in being united, with one another, with God and with one another, guess what? There are also joy robbers. There are those people and incidents and circumstances that the devil uses to rob you of your joy. Now the problem with the robber is he does not come announced. He always comes unannounced. So you never know when someone or something is out to rob you. Yes? Well, the robber. Hello. Yes, is this the VR residence? Yes. May I, may I please ask what time you will be out today? Uh-huh. And how long will you be out, sir? All right, thank you. What is the pur yeah, what's the purpose of this call? Well, uh, we're coming in, sir, to de de deprive you of all your assets, your rep, your TV, without your knowledge. So please take your time. You don't need to come back at 10. All right, have a good day. 
I mean, somebody calls you that way, you'll set up all the alarms. If you don't have an alarm, you'll call ADT or whoever to put an alarm because you know the rubber is coming. The problem is the rubber does not announce. Right? That's why since the rubber is unannounced, what do we do? We must be always. Emphasis on always be alert. Always on the ready because there are rubbers. I'll just share with you three. Number one rubber is sin. We all know that. We all know that. Well, how can, how can sin rob me of my joy? Well, you know King David? King David whom the Bible declares as a man after God's own heart. He was not a perfect man. He was successful for so long as he looked and depended on God. But one night, while his men were out, Battling their enemies, he went out for a stroll and look, somebody was taking a bath. And her name was Sheba. Kaya, Bathsheba. <laughs> Correct? Isn't that what the Bible is saying? That there was this lady and she was taking a bath? <laughs> what was her name? Bathsheba. <laughs> she was taking a bath. We know the story. We all know the story. David committed adultery. David committed murder. David lied. Right? He did all of these things. He is a man after God's own heart. Yet he committed these very evil things. And look at his prayer of confession. He said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. What did he lose when he fell into sin? He lost the joy. Of whose salvation? God's salvation. His salvation has nothing to do with us. This is God's salvation freely given to you. He said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. I am just a recipient. Just as much as grace is just freely given to me. Undeserving as I am. Have you killed somebody? Not yet. Not yet. David killed Uriah. David killed Uriah by having him go in the front of the line during the war and asking the rest of the army to retreat. Now, he didn't really put the knife into Uriah, but he set Uriah up for his death. Now, some of you said, not yet. Do you know that the Bible says that when you call somebody raka or stupid or dance or bobo, that is tantamount to murder? Man's ways, man's standard is not the same as God's standards. So be careful when you say not yet because you just might be killing somebody in your mind. And then you're asking yourself, why, why don't I enjoy my Christ-likeness? Because perhaps in your mind, you really did kill this person. My friends, you should repent. You should repent of those thoughts. 
Because you may not have said it, but God knows it. Sin robs us of our joy. Second joy robber. Sour relationships. I know my son loves this uh, sour gummy worms. I hope that's all he likes. I hope he does not like sour relationships. Because because sour relationships rob us of our joy. Now, these are not necessarily romantic in nature, okay? I just want to balance. Look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. I urge Judea and I urge Syntyche to what? Live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared in my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Are these two ladies actively involved in what Paul was doing? Yes or no? Yes. Were they in ministry with Paul? Yes. Was Clement part of that ministry? And there were other people involved in that ministry, correct? But what happened? Their relationship soured. And Paul is telling us, telling the Philippian readers, that he is urging Judea and Syntyche, what? To live in harmony. Why? They were in ministry together, but for some reason, the relationship went south. The relationship soured. Now, you might be stuck in a sour relationship. If you have an unloving husband. If you have a contentious wife. If you have rebellious children. If you have parents that embitter you. You might be. In such a sour relationship. And you're wondering to do yourself, how come I don't feel my Christianity? Perhaps, family, we have allowed the rubber to deprive us of our joy through these unresolved relationships. There's this joke about one pastor. I love ministry. It's people I can't stand. <laughs> now, how can you have a vibrant ministry if you don't love people? If you're not a people person, maybe you should be a stockroom clerk. <laughs> because you're just counting. You don't interact with other people. But God put us in community. God put that in relationship with one another. And if we just let these our relationships go on, they're not going to go away. We have to resolve them so that we can experience the joy of our salvation. Lastly, 
selfishness. Selfishness is a definite joy robber. Philippians 2 verse 3, Do nothing from selfish, selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Paul is telling us to do absolutely nothing motivated by selfishness. Or even for us to think that we are higher or we are better than other people. In God's eyes, we're all the same. How many of us in this room are sinners? In God's eyes, what are we? We're all sinners. Oh, but God, I'm not like him. I'm not like her. And God will say, pre lang kayo. You're all the same. Fill in the blanks. Romans 3.23. Blank have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. Romans 3.10. There is blank righteous. No one righteous, not even one, no one who seeks God. Okay, padadala lang kita sa Catalyst. Sa 2027. There is no one. The problem that we have many times, we lose the joy of our salvation is why? When we begin to compare ourselves to other people. When we put our selfish desires ahead the desires of other people. When we think that we are better than other people. Paul tells us in Romans 12, he reminds us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but to think so that we, has, that we have sound judgment. We are who we are only by the grace of God. Your leaders, your pastors serve only at the behest and calling, as Sean had put it, of God. The moment God chooses, okay, in song, that's it. I want you to stop do, you doing what you're doing. That's it. When God tells Pastor Danny, Danny, that's it. Now, we didn't sign up for this. We didn't volunteer for this. Danny and I, Pastor Danny and I, in 1998, were in the same hospital. He on one side, I was in the other. His back was being torn up. His diagnosis was, if you survive the operation, you will be paralyzed for life. I was in the other wing, in another room. Our, my doctor told me, Mr. Nolan, you may have cancer. You have a tumor, you have pain, you have bleeding. So we're going to cut you up. So they removed half of my left kidney. Praise God, it was just a bad infection. Praise God, Pastor Danny is alive and well and enjoying not only Christ-likeness, he is enjoying golf. <laughs> Pastor Danny, I did not ask you, but I'm sure you will let me. You know, Pastor Danny has no feelings in his feet. It is part of the, the, the operation. He has no feelings in his feet. No, it's not gout. It's not gout. Although kasama na rin yun. Now, did, did we sign up for this? 
you know, I want to become a pastor so that God will allow me to be operated in my back so that I might die. I want to be a pastor because I want to have kidney cancer so that they will tear me up from here all the way here. Nobody signed up for this. But if you have selfish motives, my friend, you will never experience the joy of the Lord. You're allowing the devil to steal that, to snatch that away from you. Look at what the Bible is telling us. In humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. What are we, but what, are we, what do we always do? Me first. It's me, myself, and me. I, me, myself, whatever. You know what I'm saying. We always want to put us number one. Now, does, does God tell us not to have our own desires? No. Look, do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also consider the interests of others. So in the process of my trying to fulfill my interest to get my desires, I should also look at how it will affect others. Look not only to your own personal interest, but in the interest of others as well. God is wise. Don't be selfish. Because you might turn out like this recording artist. Are we ready, Bogey? You might be like this guy. It is all about you. Now, the greatest collection of me worship ever assembled on one CD. It's all about now I lift my name on high. All 20 songs, all about you. This amazing collection is great to share with friends, if you have any. Everyone can join in the worship with you, for you, and about you. Because you are unique, and you love you. There is none like me. No one else All this can for do only $19.95. Like Operators do. are standing by to serve you. And I am why I sing. And I am why I live. If you order now, you'll also receive a second CD of Yule Tide Favorites. I sing. No, Call 1-800-ME-ME-ME or order online at memyselfandi.com Call today because no one can praise you like you. Brothers, selfishness is a joy rubber. It has never been, it is not, and it will never be about us. It is all about our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about us. It's not about CCF. It's about bringing the lost to Jesus and helping them become more like Christ. I have told the groups that I have handled, my role is not to conform you to me. 
my role is to help you to be conformed to Christ. Why should I want to conform you to me? I am as fallen, if not worse, than you. I have no right. I am just a recipient of grace such as you. That's why we need to really figure out what the joy robbers are in our lives. Is it sin? Confess it to God and appropriate the blood of Christ that He shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Is it sour relationships? It may take you to, it might need for you to take the first step. Even if you are fully convinced that you have no fault or no wrong in the situation. Maybe it's time that you considered others first ahead of you. Because if you really want to spell joy, it is spelled J-O-Y. Jesus first and His agenda. Then comes others. Love God, love others. And I'm the last. Jesus first, others second, then me last. What's the antidote then? What is the antidote to these joy robbers? There is no shortcut. There is no magic formula except Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It is written in the imperative mood. Therefore, it means it is a command. So if you want to experience joy, then obey the command of God to rejoice. This is just my personal application when I read the word rejoice. For me, the word rejoice means this. Return to the source of your joy. And if I apply that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul is telling me, return to the source of your joy, which is in the Lord. Return to your joy in the Lord. The object of my joy is Christ. What should I rejoice about? I should rejoice about anything and everything because I know that my God is in control. I rejoice in everything and anything because I know that even if my situation is bad and my circumstances are adverse because I know the heart of my God for me, I know that there is something better to come. I just make sure that it's not on account of my own sin. That's not an account of side relationships that I don't want to reconcile. I just make sure that it's not about me being selfish. The antidote is simply obey the Lord to rejoice, to return to the source of your joy. And what is that? It's Jesus Christ. Have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus who although he existed in the form of man did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant 
and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The source and reason for my joy is for what Jesus Christ has done for me. He did not cling to his position as God, though he had the right to. Jesus left heaven and took the form of a human being in the form of man. He was born in the most humble circumstances, lived a humble life as a carpenter's son only to be tried, convicted, executed for crimes he did not commit. And every time we are tempted to react in selfish and a proud way, try to bring to your remembrance all that Jesus has done for you, for your salvation, and I'm sure that you will be able to find some joy even in your worst circumstance. But just as Jesus did, so too must we have the attitude of selfless sacrifice and humility. Selfless sacrifice. Every time you're tempted, every time you feel a nudge to be selfish, Think about what Jesus went through for you. For even in his pain and his suffering, he said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who what? For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ endured all that pain and that shame so that you and I could rejoice in the free gift of eternal life which he purchased for us. It is all about the grace of God. And if you are not willing to endure, even as Christ endured, because the beloved, John the beloved, is in, in, his, in his epistles, he said, anyone who is in Christ must walk as Jesus did. And if you are not willing to persevere, and if you are not willing to suffer for Christ, if not willing to endure, Friend, can you ask yourself, am I really in Christ? Because if you're willing to take only the good but not the bad, are you really in Christ? Have you really understood the gospel of grace? That's not about you. That it's all about what Christ has done for you. And you're just but a recipient. And God expects you to be a channel of the same grace and love that you have on your part accepted from Christ. He endured the cross. You and I are the joy. His joy that we would come to faith in Him for what He has done for us. He endured it. Or when people see you, do you see if that's the kind of Christian life I don't want it comes to work late comes to work I owe I owe so up to work I go God has something in store for us. Not only in this life, 
but also in the life that is coming. You see, in the book of Philippians, it didn't end there. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. But then what? For this reason. Because Jesus Christ humbled himself and obeyed the will of the Father. Because he exercised selfless sacrifice to the point of death. What did God the Father do? For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is there a day of glory for you? If you're in Christ, the answer is yes. Because God is a rewarder. And what was Jesus Christ's reward? That at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Guys, we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves because Peter writes, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you at the proper time. Humility and selfless sacrifice. There is a reward if you follow the commandments of God, if you follow His precept, if you follow His counsel to live humbly and to be of selfless sacrifice. The choice is yours. You see, First Peter 5 verse 5 tells us, clothe yourselves with what? Humility toward one another. Why? For God is opposed to the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And see, Pastor Dan is very humble. God has given him grace. (laughs) But you can choose to be proud. But you know what? Let me warn you. If you choose to be proud, Hebrews 10.31 says, It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Friends, if we are proud, look at what the Bible is telling us. You are in direct opposition to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the Creator of everything that was, that is, and is to come. So may I suggest that we walk in selfless sacrifice and humility. Because when we walk in humility, guess what? God gives what? Grace to the humble. But if we walk in pride and selfishness and self-absorbment, We are face to face with mighty God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is clear. You want your people to live in humility and selfless sacrifice, to follow the model and example of Jesus Christ.
Father, I don't know what your people are going through individually. I know only my own struggles. But I pray that your Holy Spirit will move in this place and in the hearts of each one. And that you will do your surgery, Lord, in our hearts. Remove pridefulness, self-centeredness, Lord. Wrong motives from our hearts, from our midst. Allow us, Lord, to walk humbly with our God and be the object of your grace. God, we cannot do it on, your own, on our own. That's why you've given us your Holy Spirit to empower us to live out this life that you have called us to. That we are to be conformed to the image and likeness of your Son. God, humble us if need be. Strengthen our walk where we need our, your strength. Do not allow us, Lord, to depend upon ourselves, but to always depend upon you. And we're tem when we're tempted, Lord, when that old nature wants to resurface, Lord, will you remind us that we are to return to the source of our joy, that our Lord Jesus Christ took everything about us, knew everything about us, and took the penalty of our sin on that cross where he died in our place. Let this be always ever before us, Lord God, so that we might have the same mind united in spirit, having the same love, and united in one purpose. This is our prayer, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God.